All right, Selena, I kind of feel like we are perhaps hitting a hornet's nest today because it's one of these things that uh, I don't think is very popular to talk about, at least not <laughs> honestly. I'll say it that way. And we've also switched sides, which feels really I'm weird. I'm just lost over here, but we wanted to try. So here Welcome we are. Welcome to the left side. <laughs> Welcome to the right side. <laughs> the right side. It's the right yeah, side. Finally. Correct side. I mean, we're going to talk about this question is if my husband or my spouse gained weight, am I shallow for caring? Am I shallow for caring? It's going to be a good conversation. You might be challenged. We'll see you on the other side. Greetings and welcome back to the Fierce Marriage Podcast. I'm Ryan. This is Selena. We're the Fredericks. We do Fierce Marriage on Tuesdays, Fierce Parenting on Thursdays. We have an announcement. If, if you've been watching for a while, you already know this. And we also put the thing on the podcast. We have new books that are pre-ordering right now at the time mm-hmm. of recording this. It is uh, How a Husband Speaks and How a Wife Speaks. And those books are basically founded on the premise that communication is the grace of God. Mm-hmm. It is possible to learn the skill that you're not just destined to be a quiet person or a non-communicative person. We can learn the skill and even master it. And we contend it is probably the quickest, easiest, most clear way that you can grow in your marriage. Mm-hmm. So yeah, check that out. Go to fiercemarriage.com slash speak, and that will redirect you to the landing page where you can learn more about those books. Um, other than that, uh, we do have our patrons. We want to say, say a special thank you to Barbara R. Hello, Barbara. Thank you for being a patron. Yes. That means a ton to us. It's how we make this podcast. It's, it's a large part of how we make this podcast yeah. happen. If you feel called to partner with us, we'd be honored. We certainly know you're needed. We're trying to get to 500 patrons by the end of the year. Lord willing, that's a lot. That's that's not quite double, but it's a lot more than we have. We have almost 300. So you can Praise be a part God. of that. It doesn't have to be a lot either. Go to fiercemarriage.com slash partner. Um, I'm still getting used to being on this side. <laughs> Does it feel weird? Yeah. It's very weird. It's very, very weird. We used weird. to record on this way. I felt like your computer used to be over here, but we didn't record video. Yeah. So it, feels, it definitely feels new. Yeah. But anyways, we are answering a question from a listener. You guys have submitted some great questions. If you want to submit a question, go to fiercemarriage.com slash ask. There's a form there. You can actually text in. You can also call in with a voicemail. This one, I believe, came through text. I can't recall. Okay. It's from Anon. It's Again, from Anon. Very needy friend. <laughs> you want to read that? Sure. My husband has gained a lot of weight since we first met. And as we've gotten older, he's lost a lot of his hair and the weight has even changed his face, facial structure. I can manage my attraction to him when he keeps a full beard that hides the weight gain, but when he fully shaves, I feel very unattracted to him. I've had conversations about this with him, but every time he shaves it, it makes intimacy very difficult because he looks like a different person when he shaves. Am I just being shallow? Mm. This is a good question. And I could see um, someone asking this question and having a hard time getting a straight answer. Yeah. Um, And so we're going to try to shoot you straight here today. Uh, and that's the the big question is this, is it shallow to care what your spouse looks like? Like that's at the base of this. Yeah. Like, should I care what Selena looks like? Should Selena care what I look like? Should you care how I present myself? Well, and it's a hard dynamic because it's possible that you were, you saw that person before you actually talked to that person, right? Like I, I thought you were so cute, so hot in high school, right? <laughs> I was like, I really, he's, he's caught my attention. You've caught my eye. And so- but that was after you heard me but say stuff. Was, I mean, yes. come on. Yes. Because you told me like you didn't you even, walked, I was a fly on the wall. No, you walked in 
sophomore year. And I was like, who is that? Oh, that's Ryan Frederick. And then I heard you talk. Cause a lot of times it doesn't matter. I used to think there was a couple of cute guys that I thought were cute, but then when they opened their mouths and started talking, I was like, Nope. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm just saying all that because I think looks, they can, they can, there's a lot of weight put in that that area, especially with social media and all the, all the struggles. And it's not just, we're not just talking about physical appearance here. There's other things that we're topically, we're going to cover scripturally. We're going to cover a lot of ground today scripturally because Mm -hmm. we really want to see not just what Ryan and Selena have to say, what we think, but what does God think about this, about our physical bodies? What does he think about how we care for our physical bodies? What does he care about how we view one another in marriage? What does love have to say about that in terms of God's, God's character of love? Mm. So, but here's one kind of pitfall we need to avoid is how we answer this question, you know, because you could say on one side of it, you could say, no, like you should just care about what's, what's in the heart. Right, Sunny? Yeah. You should just care about what's in the heart. If you, if you look any, beauty's only skin deep, right? And as soon as you get past, past the beauty, like that's really the person. Or you could be. You can go the other extreme and says like, absolutely, you need to be as your best self for right. your spouse. You need to be as try your hardest, strive to be attractive to them because that's, and you your can bodies. put any label on it you yeah. want. Like that's how you show them that you care. That's how you show <laughs> them that you are, uh, you know, mindful of them. I think both sides of that are, are ruts that we can fall the into. Extreme sides, yeah. There's the Gnostic view uh, that, that seems to keep crap cropping up. There's a, a quote, <laughs> there's a quote that, uh, you're so immature. <laughs> You need to grow up, Freddie. <laughs> There's a quote that says, I, I, maybe it was attributed to C.S. Lewis. I don't know if he actually said this, but it was, you are, uh, you are not a body and have a soul. He said, you are a soul and you have a body. And we hear that. We're like, oh man, that's good. That's good. You know, and I think the reason why that strikes us as good is because it's pushing back against modernism and, the, and like the, uh, the, the enlightenment yeah. modernism, which is the weight that we put on the, the physical appearance rational rationality the way we put on you know the tangible yeah and that was the rejection of the spiritual and so when you hear a quote like that you're like oh you oh you're right there's more to us than yes. just our bodies yeah the problem is is that's a false dichotomy we are not one or the other we are both mm. and that's scriptural that's why in john one when christ became flesh the way that john wrote that gospel in the Greek mm-hmm. is he's like, he's like baiting the Gnostics along. He's saying like, and the light dwelt among us. And I am, and John the Baptist, that one, he said, I am not the light, but I've come to show you the light. And as mm-hmm. a Gnostic, you could read it and be like, Oh yeah. Amen. Amen. Light, the light within us, the divine spark is there. Uh, and then all of a sudden John says, and the, the light became flesh and he dwelt among us. <laughs> and the Gnostic just comes to a screeching halt. And what Gnosticism is, it's basically says that anything that's physical and that's not, um, uh, that's not somehow rooted in the spiritual, like I'm kind of butcher this, but <laughs> it's evil. It's inherently bad. Whereas true enlightenment comes from the divine spark, the things unseen, the light within and rejecting. So they were ascetics, meaning that anything pleasurable was bad. Okay. And so that's obviously the far end of it. The point is, is that in this conversation, we we can't reject the flesh. We can't reject the spirit. We need to embrace both mm. because God created us as flesh and spirit. And you know what? The new heavens, new earth, it's going to be very physical. It's going to be very real. Right. It's not going to be just floating around on clouds. Okay. There's a new <laughs> Jerusalem, new heaven, new earth. It's going to be awesome. So we're going to use a lot of scripture today. Um, let's start with 1 Corinthians 6, 15 through 20. Oh, you want to read that, Cell? You know how I love reading the Bible. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? 
Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of a prostitute? Never. Or do you not know that he who is joined to a prostitute becomes one body with her? For as it is written, the two will become one flesh, but he who is joined to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. Flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body, but the sexually immoral person sins against his own body. Or do you know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. Mm. Man, where was that verse this morning when I was talking (laughs) to the junior hires, middle school kiddos? The part I want to draw from that is this idea that our body's not our own, Mm. but it is good. It's a temple. It's a Mm -hmm. temple worthy of housing the Holy Spirit. Mm. And and, God saw fit for it to be. Yes. And Paul is drawing a line from that reality to your sexuality. Okay. In other words, some could, you could make an argument, our attractiveness mm. in a way. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not trying to say that because Paul said that your body is a temple, that means you need to now be a supermodel. You need to <laughs> lose a hundred pounds. Like that's not what, not that I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to say that. I'm just trying to make a point that our bodies are important mm-hmm. and they are a temple. Okay. And, and a temple is to be cared for. It's to be kept up. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times we just limit that to the sexual nature of this passage. But as we'll see here, there's more to yeah. the body in scripture than, than just that. So what does the Bible have to say about this topic? There's four kind of veins of reasoning that I went down as I was studying for this. We want to know what the Bible has to say about health. We want to know what the Bible has to say about laziness. We need to know what the Bible says about love, the nature of loving another. Mm-hmm. And we need to know what the Bible says about sexual attraction. Hmm. If we can kind of get a good picture around those four things, I feel like we can answer this question of, are you being shallow if you care Mm. what your spouse looks like? Okay. So let's, uh, let's start with the health one. I want to read from first Timothy uh, four, starting in verse seven, it says this, have nothing to do with irreverent silly myths, but rather train yourself for godliness. For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance. For to this end, we toil and strive because we have our hope set on the living God, who is the savior of all people, especially of those who believe. Mm-hmm. Okay, so just the thing I want to point out there is that, yes, godliness is of ultimate value in every way, Paul says to Timothy, but he doesn't discard the body. He says, while bodily training is of some value. Yeah, Paul boasted about his mm-hmm getting beat up and still he got up and walked away. Mm -hmm. Like you don't do that if you're a frail person, there's some strength there. Well, and I think also, you know, God made us from dust to dust, right? So it's understanding that yes, we are a temple, but our bodies are also used for God's purpose and they are not permanent here now. Uh, They will be, you know, transformed and there and then when Christ returns. Mm. But for now, we are to steward our bodies as yeah. best we can for the season that God's given us. Yeah, exactly. And this, and this again, we're talking about health, what, what scripture has to say about health. And along those lines in Proverbs, it says this, hear my son and be wise. Okay. So we're, whatever he says next is attaching to wisdom. Right. Direct your heart in the way, be not among drunkards mm. or among gluttonous eaters of meat. For the drunkard and the glutton, uh, will come to poverty and slumber will clothe them with rags. Therefore, wise, hmm. don't be a drunkard. Mm-hmm. Don't be among the gluttons. Proverbs 28, 7 says, a companion of gluttons shames his father. There are other passages as well. Um, but the conclusions here, 
we're going to move on, is that gluttony is a sin just like drunkenness is a sin. So in other words, if I'm gaining all kinds of weight because I can't, because I'm sinning through gluttony, Mm. I have no governor on the things I'm eating, how much of it I'm eating, when I'm eating. There's no discipline. There's no self-discipline. I'm completely flesh driven. Mm -hmm. That's a sin. Right. Because one of the fruits of the spirit is self-control. Right. And so if self-control is not being exercised, if we are not, you know, the Holy Spirit isn't leading us in Mm. even what we consume, you know, physically. Right. The Holy Spirit should be guiding and leading us and instructing us in what we consume, our eyes, our ears. But what about also our our bodies? Um, Then, yes, we are rejecting the Holy Spirit, essentially. There's something else worth saying here, too, because it's fairly recent in the last 50 to 100 years is it's a lot easier, I would say, to gain weight now than it would have been any other time in history. Yes. The abundance of, in the West, primarily the abundance of food. Uh, the way food is produced. The way food is produced. Yeah. Like, uh, the, the, it's so easy to get access to high calorie um, foods now and then the sedentary lifestyle mm-hmm. on top of that. Yeah. So the, this fight is different for us. And I just want to acknowledge it is different than it would have been a hundred years ago. Right, right. And so there's a different level of, I think, awareness and self-discipline needed. Mm-hmm. Um, but here's a challenge, okay? Gluttony should be treated the same way we treat drunkenness. There's a reason why consuming at that rate and that level, that it's not just because maybe food tastes good. It's always There's always a deeper reason of... You think, yeah. Yeah, there has to be. I mean, yes, food tastes good, but like usually it's it's linked to, you know, depression or anxiety or yeah. um, trauma or, you know, a desire to be something you can't be. And so, again, yeah. you're just reverting to food as a comfort um, rather than just a fuel for your body. Yeah. Okay, so we covered... Um, Covered the first category, which is health, and namely in terms of gluttony. Now, we're not just talking about you're you're getting older, your metabolism slowing down. You can't <laughs> you you no longer have eight percent body fat. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about much more extreme cases than that. Um, now, in terms of laziness, so health and laziness. Mm. This is all helping us build a framework within which we can answer this question. This woman asked, "Is that generally speaking, the Bible <laughs> the Bible teaches us that laziness is at a minimum foolishness and at most sin." Mm. And I would say that foolishness is sin. So mm-hmm. it's a potato, potato there. Mm-hmm. So uh, Proverbs 13, four, a slugger's appetite is never filled, but the desires of the diligent are fully satisfied is contrasting between a lazy person and a diligent person. Proverbs 12, 24, diligent hands will rule, but laziness ends in forced labor. First mm-hmm. Timothy 5, 8, anyone who does not provide for their relatives and especially for their own household, we talked about this last week, mm-hmm. I think, or two weeks ago, has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Proverbs 10, 4, lazy hands make for poverty, but diligent, hand, diligent hands bring wealth. Mm. I'm going to skip ahead. There's a lot of Proverbs on this. Uh, this one was profound to me is Genesis 2, 15 says this, and the Lord God took the man pre-fall mm. and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. Mm. We were made for work. Laziness is a rejection of that design. Wow. Ecclesiastes 9, 10, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. <laughs> Colossians three seventeen. whatever you do in the same in the same vein, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Finally, Luke 16, 10, whoever can be trusted with every li- with very little can also be trusted with much. Whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. Mm. And I wonder if maybe we could infer that whoever is lazy with little will be mm. lazy with much. Mm. Okay, 
So laziness. We've talked about health. Let's talk about love. We've talked about that ad nauseum on the podcast. So essentially this, what does scripture say about love? Well, it's selfless. Yeah. Love is covenantal. Love is patient. Love is kind. God is love. Love is not God. Um, Love, joy, peace. Again, fruit of the Holy Spirit. So there you go. <laughs> love yeah. is Check out 1 Corinthians selfless. 13. Check out 1 John 1. Galatians um, 5. Yeah. Go there. Check it out. Fruits of the Spirit, that sort of thing. Uh, finally, sexual attraction. Um, we talk about this a lot, actually, in our new books. Not to plug them again, but How a Husband Speaks, <laughs> How a Wife Speaks. Yeah. FierceMarriage.com slash speak. <laughs> uh, we talk about how speaking to one another around, during, before, after sex. Mm-hmm. and how that is a gift from God. And we see it modeled very clearly in Song of Solomon. And so Song of Solomon is a book that's all about attraction. Mm-hmm. It's all about pursuit, namely sexual attraction, sexual pursuit. Mm-hmm. It's not allegorical. It's it's poetic, but it's not allegorical. Mm-hmm. And so, in other words, physical desire physical desire for, for your spouse mm-hmm. is real. It's good. And it's healthy within a godly marriage. It's, it should be the norm that I want you, mm-hmm. that you desire me mm-hmm. and that we value one another's attractive qualities. Yeah. Okay. There's beauty that is objective. I feel like, and there's ugliness that isn't like if I wake up in the morning, I want to give you a big old kiss and I haven't brushed my teeth yet. That's objectively nasty. <laughs> <laughs> this is something we agree on. <laughs> we agree on this, but you know, brushing your teeth is better. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's an obvious one we can laugh about, but it starts to get less obvious when we start getting into this topic deep, more deeply. So with those four ideas, those big ideas in yeah. mind, is it shallow to care what your spouse looks like? Selena, what say you? Um, I would agree with your notes here. Uh, it is shallow if that is the only thing that you are caring about. If you're only caring mm-hmm. about what they look like, if you're not actually caring about what's going on in their heart, what's, the motivation or the reason behind why they, they have maybe stopped caring. Is it, is it uh, a season they're going through Um, Mm -hmm. or is it, is it deeper and do you need to find help with, with them about it? So I'm going to add to that through the contrary point. Is it shallow to care what your spouse looks like? I'm going to say, no, it's not shallow, but with qualifications. And that was essentially what you were starting with. Mm -hmm. Qualifications are this. Don't let your expectations or uh, for how attractive they are or the type of attraction that you feel toward them. Don't, yeah. let, don't let that be informed extramaritally. What do you mean by that? Well, like you're looking around, you're seeing like, well, all these beautiful women in, you know, in movies and on TV oh, yeah. and in wherever yeah. you're at, whatever you're comparing. <laughs> yeah. That's extramarital information. Right. That is. It should not be your expectation. Yeah. No, like we calibrate based on the spouse that God has given us, the mm-hmm. one that we've vowed to give our affection to. Right. Um, here's another big one. It's huge. Do not expect your spouse to look the same your entire life together. Especially you know, after you've had kids. Yeah. You might think <laughs> if you're in your twenties, there's not really a huge change from like 20 to 30, 30 to 35, 35 to 40 it starts to get more gradual. And that's where you can start to be more picky and nitpicky about this sort of mm-hmm. thing. I mean, no married couple that gets married through their 20s and 30s and gets to their 40s and 50s are like, oh, yeah, you don't look like you're 20 anymore. I can take issue with that. No, (laughs) there's a point at which you're like, yeah, it's obvious we're aging together. This is great. It's a beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. We're growing old together. Mm -hmm. But in the earlier years or in the years when it's less noticeable, you can start to forget that you are aging. 
age is real. Metabolism is real. Uh-huh. Body change is real. As I'm looking at the woman who just bore my fourth daughter <laughs> wonderfully, like a warrior. I'm, I feel like my metabol my metabolism fell off a cliff. <laughs> oh, mine did too, a little bit. I'm like, no matter what I do, no matter what, I, I think I'm just lifting too heavy. I'm lifting heavy. Oh, come on now. I'm trading fat for muscle. That's uh-huh. what's happening. <laughs> The scale doesn't know what it was measuring. And muscle weighs more than fat. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> do uh, I look the same? Yes. <laughs> don't. Ex- I don't expect you to be a supermodel, babe. Yep. Don't expect your spouse to be a supermodel. And here's the big caveat. Again, it, it's not shallow to care what your spouse looks like, but remember this: that the goal is health and longevity. And biblically speaking, it's about stewardship, longevity, not just appearance. Mm. Like Paul is not writing to Timothy saying, Timothy, you better look jacked. If you don't look, if you don't look jacked. If you don't have no neck syndrome by the time I get there, because your traps are so big, <laughs> then you're in sin. No, he's saying that just take care of your body. Like you yes. take care of this thing that God's given you. Right. And don't be extreme about it either, because yeah. again, there's that whole other side of things that's like, you know, keep, do all these cleanses, do lift the weights, do all the things, uh, so that, you know, you won't die early or whatever. And I'm just like, I get it. Like, again, it's a balance. I want to take care of my body, but mm. also God knows my days. And so I'm not going to invest financially to have more life ahead of me. I think in some, some sense, Wisdom like some of the, yeah. yes, yeah. <laughs> I do did- buy certain things though, <laughs> that I'm like, this is probably healthy, a healthier choice then. What do you mean? Like the syrup from Kirkland signature? <laughs> <laughs> the organic like maple syrup. No. But every time the girls poured on their pancakes, I'm I like, mean, there's like the a green, dollar. <laughs> the green powder that goes into a smoothie when I'm like, I don't know if we've had enough vegetables. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so <Okay>. anyways. <laughs> so again, it's not shallow, but still we need to define our beauty and uh, the attractiveness and what in terms of what we find attractive by our how our spouse looks and by who they are and to us and not just how they compare to everyone else. And here's the thing. Contentment in this area is needed. Mm-hmm. We can be content and say, this is the spouse God's given me. Like I'm content. I'm glad. I'm grateful. Now you don't want to say, you know what, wife, I'm sure content with you. <laughs> You're man. <laughs> Never. He jokes because it just like he knew he would get slapped if he really has ever said anything like that. Of course I would. Cause that's a really Pig-headed thing to say. It's a, you have to be a jerk to say something like that. And I, I would never. I would never. I like your salt and pepper too. Oh yeah. I got a little bit of, in the old it's beard. Good. It's good. Yeah. Well, we'll see if that keeps coming. I, I'm not, probably not going to die it ever. So you're That's welcome. Fine. Great. Amen. 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 And then here's the second aspect of that is that should you care what you look like for your spouse? In other words, I care what you look like. You care what I look like, but should I care what I look like for you? And vice versa. Uh, yes. Yes. I I think it's a gift to not just, again, there's seasons of, you know, sweatpants and (laughs) having a child and all those things, but, and we have to, you have to navigate those conversations, you know, if Hmm. smell is a really big thing to me. And so I'm like, if he stinks, I'm kind of like, that's fine. But I might ask him to, you know, take a shower or something. Which actually hasn't happened that often. No, because he's pretty, you're pretty self-aware. And I also take showers more than anyone else <laughs> in this family. True. Sorry. <laughs> I value self-awareness apparently yes, over you showers. <laughs> but here's, here's an ocean is that I'm not my own. My body's yes. not my own. We talked about this a few weeks back, but I 
in a sense, belong to my wife and vice versa. That's the nature of marriage. Yeah. That's very contra culture. Uh, Paul said this in 1 Corinthians 7, For the wife does not have authority over her own body, but the husband does. And likewise, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but the wife does. The context of this passage, he's talking about abstaining from sex for the purpose of prayer, but basically don't withhold sex from one another. Of course, there's an attractiveness component to it. But the point is, is that in some sense that matters in terms of our sex life, I do not belong to myself. I belong to my wife. Yes. That's the point. And that can be taken into consideration here. Um, okay. Finally, we'll just end with this. I think you know where we're landing. I don't think it's shallow, but there has to be wisdom applied and you can't be, it's not shallow if you're not a shallow person to care right. about what your spouse right. looks like. And that can't be the only reason why you care. Yeah. Um, clearly she's made that state, that point though, as well. It's like, well, he's gained this weight. It makes intimacy difficult when he shaves because he looks completely different. It feels like a different person almost. Um, so she, she's already peeling back some of the layers, which I think is wisdom applied. Like motives matter. Yeah. What is going on in your heart matters. And that should matter to a spouse. Yeah. Cause again, it's not just the lack of self-control. There's reasons for that. Just like there's mm. reasons for self-control. So, so there's benefits of making health a right priority in your life. Again, you have to not obsess over it, not turn into a vain person who is just trying to look and have all the externalities of health, but not internal health. Right. But making health a rightly ordered priority in your marriage is this longevity, greater energy mm -hmm. for one another, for your kids. I'd say the effort is attractive. Yeah. We were working absolutely. out. <laughs> we were working out last yeah. night in our garage and I was doing um, like, like interval stuff. Yeah. And I took my shirt off cause it's really hot right now. <laughs> and I just did not feel like, awesome. Cause I'm not, you know, so, and then, what? and you, and I was just like, remember I was like, this is no judgment zone. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I guess I, cause I had said, Oh man, my shirt's coming up and <laughs> shorts are falling down. I was like, no judgment zone. We're just going to push getting it done. Yep. Just get it done. This is all about health. Getting that heart rate up. And get, it was fun. Sweat on. And it was we fun. Had fun. Yep. And afterward it's, we were encouraging to one another. Yep. It's and a it little a bit. Time. Yep. You never um, regret those times. So anyways, yeah. I definitely agree. It's motivation matters. Yeah. Use discernment, apply wisdom, love one another through the process, see it as yeah. an opportunity uh, to grow closer together. So I want to provide a way forward. And again, we're picturing in our minds, you're not CrossFit athletes. We don't do CrossFit. We like barely work out three times a week together with our kids running around interrupting. We're not saying like you have to be these, <laughs> like you can be very much average in yes. these areas. Okay. That's fine. And that's good. We're not trying to be anything other than just We're not faithful. promoting any fierce so, weightlifting or anything like yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. Maybe Selena will someday, but no, no. What are our ways forward? Okay. We're talking to just, again, run of the mill. We're average. Just trying to be faithful believers. What are our ways forward? Here it is. Number one, establish a baseline and that is God's word. Mm -hmm. And here's the baseline. Bodies are to be stewarded. Gluttony is a sin. Laziness is serious folly. That's your baseline. Number two, establish your goals. And here's what I would say the goal is just health. Right. Health. That's what's been healthy for heart. Us. Yep. Healthy whatever, healthy body fat percentage, health, well, all that stuff that comes along with just health. Number three, calibrate your expectations based on age, your stage of life, the season you're in, any health issues you've faced. Yeah. Those all need to be factored in. Right. Body type, all that kind of stuff. Like uh we are not gonna be the same people that we were when we were 25 years old. 
Truth. It's not going to happen. Uh, and the final way forward, number four, is um, establish ways and the permission to talk about it. Mm, that's I mean, like, good. If I'm letting myself go, like, you know, that I hope you know. Yeah. Well, and I think just expect a little bit of blowback. Like if you're, if you're, <laughs> when I, I notice that when either of us gets confronted by either of us <laughs> about ourselves, we are very quick to either throw up the. Be defensive. Yeah. The defenses or to make it all about me or to like divert it or, you know, just deflect it. Um, so there's going to be some of those just, whoa, 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 whoa. And like yeah. anger or whatever, just let, let, let it kind of cool down and then come back together and say, no, this is this, let's talk about this. This is what, this is important. Mm-hmm. Like our, our, our health is important for the things that God has for us. And in terms of stewarding each other and stewarding our children yeah. and giving him glory in all that we do. So it's good. Have, and that's why have that those conversations matters. A baseline matters. say that yeah. it's not just about, it's Being not about part of the beautiful people's club. It's not about losing a hundred pounds. It's not about whatever vain metric we're using. It's about, am I, are we stewarding our bodies or health? Are we obeying God's word? Are we, a, yes. are we mortifying sin Yes. in our lives in a way that is glorifying to God? Mm. And then when we, we have that baseline, we can go and say, Hey, let's talk about our baseline here. Yeah. Are we good? Anyway, hope that's helpful to you. If you don't know who Jesus is, we want you to know him. We encourage you to talk to a friend. Yeah. Say, who is Jesus? What is your Christian friends are waiting? They're, they're waiting, waiting they're for ready. you. They're praying for you. Say, can we go to church? Find a church that preaches out of the Bible, yes. not from out of the pastor's head, but out of the Bible. That's huge. If you don't have a friend that you can talk to or a church that you know of, we have a website for you. It's thenewsisgood.com. We pray that would be a blessing to you and help you get your step on that path toward knowing Christ. Mm. Let's pray. God, I thank you for your word that's instructive even mm. in topics like these. I pray that uh, that uh, uh, we would be wise stewards of these bodies you've given us, these, the gift of our physicality, the gift it is to be able to operate in the world that you've created in a way mm. that glorifies you. I pray that we would um, see that rightly mm-hmm. and, uh, and be good stewards over our bodies um, with the right motivation, Lord. It's so easy to have wrong motivation over stuff like this, um, but I pray that our motivation would be pure and that is to obey and honor and glorify you even more. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Thank you so much for tuning in to Fierce Marriage. This episode of Fierce Marriage is... In the can. (laughs) We'll see you again in seven days. Till next time, stay... Stay fierce. Fierce. (laughs) Try to take my lines. How dare you. (laughs) 